everybody, and welcome to another episode of Review of Honor. I am your host, Bill, and for those of you that are new to this, this is the series where I review every Ring of Honor event going all the way back to the beginning in 2002. Today's review is their first show outside of Philadelphia. It is Honor Invades Boston, and this is the event that took place on August 24th, 2002 in Wakefield, Massachusetts. So without any further delay, let's get right into Honor Invades Boston. We start off with Loki uh, holding the Ring of Honor Championship, saying how he wrestled for one hour for one thing. He wrestled in 95 degree heat for one thing. He lost 10 pounds for one thing, the Ring of Honor title. He then goes into his first title defense as Ring of Honor champion against AJ Styles and how he is not ready to lose the title after recently winning the title. So after we get our video package of who's on the show tonight, we see Izzy and Dixie of Special K. They're outside of the venue and they're being a bunch of dopes and elax pops out of a dumpster yep good old elax and he reminds them that he had that they have a match tonight but izzy and dixie don't really care then we go into our opening match which is quiet storm against amazing red uh donnie b and steve carino are your commentators sadly for the last time in this because after this, neither one of them will be the commentators on the DVD series. Um, this was a good, fun opening match. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, you have to start the show off in a way that's going to get this crowd going, especially your first show in the Boston area. And I thought Red and Storm did a very good job. Um, a little bit of high-flying, a little bit of ground wrestling, some good action here and there. The end of the match, Red catches um, Quiet Storm with the infrared, and then the uh, Shooting Star press. He gets the three count in the victory. After the match, the members of Special K come out and attack both Red and Quiet Storm. Now, at this point in time, now remember, Special K has just started as a group. So, the members of Special K at this point in time, and believe me, if you don't know who Special K is, let me just warn you now. In future episodes, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So the original members are Izzy, Dixie, Brian XL, and Elax. Those are the original members of Special K. Well, they attack Red and Quiet Storm, like I mentioned, until Chris Devine and the Maximos, the SAT, come out and make the save. And that leads into our second match, which is a six-man tag match contested under Scramble Rules. Now, Scramble Rules are basically it's Lucha Libre rules. You don't need to tag in to be legal. So once one member of a team goes out of the ring, you could come in legally. I, I hate to put the term, or, or I really hate to use the term high spots, in this, but this is sort of what this match was. You had some high, you know, a lot of high spots in this, but it was another 
fun match, entertaining match that, you know, you could watch. Everybody's hitting moves. Even Elax does a move, believe it or not. And Elax, well, let's just say he's just Elax. Uh, Special K does get the momentum for a little while, but at the end, um, Chris Devine and the SAT, they hit on Brian XL, and this was a very good ending. Devine hits a full Nelson suplex from the top rope, uh, from the top rope, with Brian XL down to the mat, and then the SAT hit the Spanish fly, and they get the three count and the victory in the six-man scramble match. Well, then, Chris Devine grabs the microphone, because, you know, as we've discovered in the last couple of episodes, that Quiet Storm is the promo guy of the team. But anyway, he talks about how he watched TNA Wrestling. Now, this is back when TNA, their shows were every Wednesday night on pay-per-view. And he saw a match with Low-Key and the SAT. So Chris Devine says that he's got to know. He's got to prove to himself. He's got to know if he is as good as everybody else. So he calls out Low-Key for a non-title match. It's not a t He specifically said, I don't want a title shot. I just want a one-on-one -on -one match to see, you know, if I'm, if I'm that good. So he calls out Low-Key. Well, Low-Key comes out. So we get an impromptu match between Low-Key and Chris Devine. Chris Devine's only offense in the entire match are a couple of chops to the chest of Loki, and that's basically it, because after that, Loki just dominates Devine, uh, kicks him, chops him too, and then he locks in the dragon sleeper. Chris Devine taps out. Loki with an easy win, and I felt I feel bad for Chris Devine because you're like, I want to prove myself. I want to know if I'm as good as Loki. And you basically just get beat in three minutes. So we get a, a promo package from the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, saying how that he is not in Boston, but instead he is in Japan. And that on the next event in September, that is when the prophecy will take over Ring of Honor. And he also mentions that tonight in Boston, there might be a new addition the prophecy. We'll just have to wait and see what happens there. So now we go to another tag team match. This time it is Dunn and Marcos against the Christopher Street Connection. And this is just an, another one lopsided match. And this time it's to the benefit of the Christopher Street Connection. They just beat the crap out of Dunn and Marcos the entire match. Even at one point, Mace just throws these stiff forearm shots to Dunn, or to Marcos, pardon me. And he's just dominating, you know, in the ring. Um, okay, I was setting myself for bad stuff, but he's just basically destroying Marcos. The end of the match, Buffy and Mace, they hit their finishing move, which is called the Gay Basher, which is based, like, uh, Buffy holds up one member of the team, uh, Mace goes to the top, and he hits sort of like a whoopee cushion um, on the other man, but they get the three count in the victory. Christopher Street Connection get their first win in Ring of Honor in the most lopsided way. 
Now we go to one-on-one action where it is Mike Tobin of the Boogie Knights against the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews. And this is another quick match. Oh, man, you're, you're going to notice a theme throughout this show. Um, Tobin does get offense in. You know, he does his best. But in the end, Scoot Andrews hits him with the force and nature gets the three count in the victory. So after the match, Xavier comes out. Now, Donnie B. and Steve Carino mentioned that Xavier was supposed to wrestle Prince Nana on this show. However, Nana couldn't make it. So, Xavier is on the mic, and he talks about how the last time that they fought each other, Xavier got busted wide open, and Scoot Andrews got the win. And he challenges him to one more match to decide once and for all who is the better man. So, we get... Another impromptu match, this time Scoot Andrews against Xavier. And, I, and you'd think, okay, they've had their match at the Era of Honor Begins, which was a good match. They had their match at Crowning a Champion, even though it did get cut um, due to time length. You know, it could have been a good match. This is another quick match. And I, oh my gosh, it just seems like they're rushing in this show. Um, Andrews gets offense, but it's all Xavier, and at the end of the match, Xavier hits a good-looking, and I mean, this is a good-looking, 450 splash on the Scoot Andrews gets the three count in the victory, thus, quote-unquote, winning the war against Scoot Andrews. I didn't think it was that much of a war between the two men. So, we go to earlier in the day where we see Michael Shane driving in his car, and he has Biohazard with him. And he tells Biohazard, this is what it's like having a Ring of Honor contract. You get to fly instead of drive. You get to be in the good rental cars. And if you stick with me, you'll be just like me. And then he tells him to, drive, or to park the car and bring the bags with him. Which then leads into our next match, Michael Shane against Paul London. And we remember from the last episode where they were in the tag match where the winner earned the Ring of Honor contract and controversially, controversially, Michael Shane got the win. This is a good match. I enjoyed this one. This is one of the better matches on this show. Um, at one point, Paul London goes to the top rope. Now, his back is to the ring. And Michael Shane pushes London off. And London, it's, just like, it's like he lunges, like the way he got pushed, got pushed into, you know, off the top, and he lands on the barricade. And it, the barricade is not that strong. And he basically breaks the barricade. Like, he bends the top of the barricade. And... When you watch the reverse angle, because they do show a lot of reverse angles throughout this event, Rudy Boy is running so fast, he pushes one of the security guards from Atlas Security out of the way to check on Paul London. It was sort of a funny moment when you watch it. So, um, But, oh man, that was such a scary spot right there. Um, then Michael Shane takes advantage. You know, typical heel. Very good job as a heel, I thought Michael Shane was. And then Paul London does make a comeback. 
And then we get to the end of the match. And I loved the ending of this match. Paul London goes to the apron, second jumps to the second rope, hits a flip, not quite the Asai moonsault that he hit against Chris Marvel at the Round Robin Challenge, but a flip, sort of like a tuck flip. Well, Michael Shane, when he gets hit, he hurts his ankle. And the announcers, they get real serious, and they're like, oh no, it's the same thing again. It's just like Chris Marvel. This match is over. The referee's got, why isn't the referee stopping? So London, you know, gets in the ring, not noticing what's going on. So Rooted Boy's over there, Biohazard's over there, the referee's checking on him. And they're about to tell, because they eventually Michael Shane does get in the ring. They're about to tell the ring announcer to call for the trainer. While everybody's back is turned, Michael Shane gets London in a small package, one, two, three. Michael Shane gets the win in such a heel fashion. It is so damn good. Oh, my goodness. You don't see that kind. I, I wish they would do this in general in wrestling. A little bit more today. But that's why that spot is so good. Because you don't get it all the time. I, I know maybe I'm sounding a little greedy saying, Oh, I want this spot more. But it was done really well. Michael Shane pulled that off really, really well. So, after the match, and he shakes Paul London's hand, Simply Luscious comes out. And Simply Luscious offers Michael Shane an invitation to join the prophecy. Ooh, remember from earlier where Christopher Daniels said there might be a new member joining? Well, Rudy Boy comes back, and he tries to tell, or he explains to Michael Shane, you don't need to join the prophecy. You don't need to be with them. You're better than them. So Michael Shane takes a moment, and he super kicks Simply Luscious, which gets a crowd reaction. And then he super kicks Rudy Boy Gonzalez, and the crowd boos. Paul London comes running back into the ring to try and save him, but Michael Shane and Biohazard attack him. He catches a super kick, and then Michael Shane hits a picture-perfect elbow drop on the Paul London leaving everybody lying in the middle of the ring. Then we go back to the end of A Night of Appreciation for Eddie Guerrero, where Loki and America Dragon are talking to Spanky, when Christopher Daniels and Donovan Morgan come in, and they have their two cents, and everybody starts fighting. And that basically leads to our next match, which is American Dragon versus Donovan Morgan. And... This is a good match. I enjoyed this match. Uh, very good technical style wrestling on the part of both men. It does get, you know, they do take it to the outside a little bit. They do get into a brawl. Um, at one point, Donovan Morgan is busted like right at the end of the eyebrow. And it's not that big of a cut. It's a small cut. But he is busted open. And this is going to be another theme throughout the night of, or throughout this event. So we get to the end of the match. American Dragon locks in cattle mutilation on Donovan Morgan. And, and, and he's really got it locked in. And, and it's almost like the same um, 
crotch spot from round robin challenge with Loki where it's like so uncomfortable, you know, that you have to watch it. Well, I mean, you don't have to watch it, but you're watching and you're like, eh. So the referee, he checks on Morgan, raises his arm once, it drops. Raises his arm a second time, it drops. Raises his arm his third time, and we're not sure if Morgan's arm is going to go down because, ding, 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 the time limit expired right before we were going to find out if Morgan had passed out or if he was going to continue. The time limit expired the first draw in Ring of Honor history on the sixth show, American Dragon versus Donovan Morgan. So after the match, the, ch the fans are chanting five more minutes. American Dragon grabs the mic. He wants five more minutes. The referee's not having it. He goes to the back. Then he talks to Donovan Morgan saying how you are better than this, being in the prophecy. You can redeem yourself by shaking my hand right now, right here in the middle of the ring. So as they are about to go and shake hands, Morgan kicks American Dragon, locks his arms, and sort of hits a, a rising version of the pedigree. It's hard to describe it, but it was a very effective move. And Donovan Morgan walks out, leaving Daniel Bryan, or uh, not Daniel Bryan, American Dragon, in the middle of the ring. Then we get promos from the Hit Squad and the Carnage Crew. We start with the Hit Squad, and they are outside of the building, and they are sitting in front of a broken down school bus. The glass is broken, the bus don't work, they're sitting there and they're talking about how they've seen people come, and they've seen people go, and how this is a Boston Massacre match, and how they're going to beat the Carnage Crew. And then we see the promo from the Carnage crew from Philadelphia where they attack two, um, ring member, two members of the ring crew. And they're just getting ready for this match. So now we go to the Boston Massacre match, the Hit Squad and the Carnage crew. And, you know, the, uh, the commentators are saying, well, the Code of Honor is not followed in this one. You don't need it. It's a blood feud. Uh, the code of honor is waived in this one, and it's sort of—it's basically another word for a street fight, you know, Boston Massacre match. You know, it's just a cute way of saying it. Um, you got, you know, your usual weapons, your chairs, your guard guard guardrail, guardrails, guardrails. Um, the cowbell gets involved, and 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 at one point, everybody is bleeding in the match. All four men are bleeding in the match. And then, right in the middle, the hit squad, they go to the outside of the ring, and they're, re they're, they're regrouping. And Mafia says something to Monster Mac, and they tell uh, the Carnage group to stay right there. They'll be right back. And the commentators are like, wait a minute, what are, they, are they leaving? This is not like them. They've never quit before. So they come back out, and they have plywood with barbed wire on the wood. So now you bring barbed wire into this match on wood. And now, you know, everybody's fighting. And uh, Diney B makes a point where the first one that goes into the, into the barbed wire, it's probably not going to be good 
for that team. So they're fighting, you know, trying to avoid the barbed wire. And eventually, Mafia is the first one to go into the barbed wire. And he, for the most part, he is out of the match at this point. Then, DeVito and Mafia, Mafia spears DeVito into the barbed wire board. He takes DeVito out of the match. And it takes Mafia a little bit of time, not too long, to get himself back up. Now, Loke is there waiting for him. And Loke tries a move. He misses. Mafia hits the burning hammer onto Loke. One, two, three. The hit squad win the, win the Boston Massacre match. And after the match, you just see the hit squad recuperating, trying to get themselves together, trying to get themselves back to the locker room. Oh, but the action keeps going, folks. We don't stop because our next match is Biohazard against Don Juan. And I don't know how to put this. If you do watch the current Ring of Honor product, I'm sure there are some of you that like Steve Carino as a commentator, and to be honest, I, I, I like Carino as a commentator. And then there are those that don't like Steve Carino as a commentator, which I respect. I respect your opinion. So for those that don't or think that Steve Carino is not a good commentator, this match might be a good piece of evidence to use in your argument. Because during this match, he says the difference between Biohazard and Don Juan. Biohazard flew in an airplane to get to Boston with Michael Shane Meanwhile, Don Juan took 36 hours in a van to get to Boston to be at this event. Really? You're picking a guy to win because he flew in an airplane over being in a car. Oh, I mean, you're not going to be like, oh, Biohazard's got the stronger... You know, he's stronger. He's got the better upper body. Or Don Juan, he, he's got more, you know, quick moves. Nope. Transportation. That's the key to the match. Transportation. And Biohazard hits a German suplex on Don Juan at the end, gets a three count in the win, and Steve Carino goes, I told you, like I told you, Donnie B, airplane. Taking an airplane over being stuffed in a car. That's what got Biohazard the win. Yeah. I know. This is just... <sighs> hey, it's 2002. What can I say? Now, our next match features two wrestlers not in Ring of Honor. Now, this is a sort of a special attraction match. Maverick Wild against Alex Arion. Now, these two wrestlers are from the New England Championship Wrestling promotion. This is the promotion that Sheldon Goldberg still to this day still runs. He still runs the promotion. And this match is for the New England Championship Wrestling title. This is a good match. And this is a short one. Again, it's another short one. Um, but it feels like, you know, if you're going to look at all the short matches, this might be the best of the short ones because, hey, you know what? The Boston fans 
that are you know that know wrestling. They know these guys, so they're going to be interested in this match. Um, it's a good match, and and again, it's another short match, which I feel bad for. Alex Arion gets a roll up. He gets a victory over Maverick Wild. So now we go back to what happened on the last show. You know the the whole thing with Boogaloo and James Maritato and him asking Maritato to teach him some shoot wrestling. And Mama Luke's like, the only shooting you know how to do is to do in the alley at the dark, which gets Homicide upset. And yeah, that's how this leads to our next match. The Natural Born Sinners against James Maritato and Tony Mamaluke. This, if you were watching Chain Wrestling, if you like that, this is a match you want to watch. Because, you know, you don't see a lot of the high flying in this. Because, you know, Homicide's usually a high flyer. Boogaloo sometimes is a high flying wrestler. Here, this is just straight up Chain Wrestling, good tag team action. Although, I start to sense something towards the end of the show here, and that is the crowd is way too quiet in this one. Um, but, but, you know, when you have, and, and I'll count right now, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 matches, and then you had an impromptu match, which makes it 14 matches on a show, you know, the fans are going to get quiet, and they and sometimes they are going to get tired. Um, the end of the match, Homicide hits the cop killer on Tony Mamaluke, gets the three count and the win, which then brings up that these two teams are going to be a part of the Ring of Honor Tag Title Tournament, which I'll get into um, at the end of the show, or at the end of this review. So Maritato shakes hands with both Homicide and Boogaloo, but he then leaves, or Maritato leaves Mama Luke in the ring. He doesn't help him get up. He doesn't help him take him to the back. He just leaves him. And then we get a video of what happened last month with Jay and Mark Briscoe, which leads into our next match, which is Mark Briscoe versus Jay Briscoe. This is the first Ring of Honor match for Mark Briscoe. And for those that don't know why, I'll tell this story again. Because at this particular time, Mark Briscoe is 17 years old. Jay Briscoe is 18. In the state of Pennsylvania, you have to be 18 years old to be allowed to wrestle. Now, they don't have an age limit apparently in Massachusetts. So Mark Briscoe is allowed to wrestle, and this is his first Ring of Honor match, and it's against his own brother, his big brother, Jay Briscoe. This is a good match. This is a good match between the two. Um, again, another good back-and-forth battle here, and they take it out to the floor, and at one point, Mark sends Jay headfirst into the post, and Jay gets busted wide open, and he's bleeding, See? You notice the theme here. Everybody bleeds, apparently. And then, as we go along into this match, Jay works on the knee of Mark Briscoe. And, you know, that affects Mark. And Steve Carino, and here is where Carino is a good commentator here. 
he talks about losing blood. Because Carino mentions that, to the best of his knowledge, this is the first time Jay Briscoe has bled. This is the first time he's bled. And he says how the first, you know, however many times that you get busted open, that you get cut, you know, you start to get a little bit worried. The, the blood pressure, the heart, you know, it goes up a little bit. And, you know, you, you sort of get distracted from the match because you're bleeding. Which I, I'm sure is true. I mean, I have no idea, but... Damn, that's a good job by Carino, you know, making that analysis. Um, now, during this match, we get report that on the next Ring of Honor show, Jay Briscoe will face Amazing Red. So, we know already Jay Briscoe's going to face Red, and we have the tag title tournament. So, keep those two in mind. So, at the end of the match, Jay tries for the Jay Driller. He can't do it. Mark gets Jay up, hits him with a cutthroat driver. One, two, three. Little brother beats big brother. Mark Briscoe defeats Jay in somewhat of an upset, but in a good match. And then after the match, Jay has to be carried to the back. Mark you know, doesn't have to. He walks through the curtain and he screams at Jay, I'm 1-0 ROH! I'm 1-0! Which is a good, you know, good heelish thing to do. And then we go to our main event. AJ Styles challenging low-key the first ever Ring of Honor title defense in the company's history. The first Ring of Honor title defense by low-key. Uh, this is the second time they have met. The previous time was at a Night of Appreciation. A very good match with a controversial ending. Here, this is a another good match. I don't think it's better than the first one, but this is a very good match. Back and forth. Um, a lot of kicks from both men in this match. And at one point, AJ Styles... Okay, everybody, let's say it together. AJ Styles gets busted open! Those kicks were so hard that blood was coming out of AJ Styles' nose. And then eventually towards the end, it would be right around the eye and the eyebrow. So, this is such a very good match. And it's different from the first one. You know, not a lot of high flying. Um, just good wrestling back and forth. Both men trying to hit their finishing moves. They can't do it. The Kawada kicks come in for low key, but AJ Styles fights back. And in the end of the match, it looks like AJ Styles is attempting... It looks like he's attempting a tombstone. It, that's what it looks like. Loki wiggles out, lifts AJ. He grabs him, and he hits him with the key crusher. One, two, three. Loki wins, retains the Ring of Honor title in his first defense as the Ring of Honor champion. Both men shake hands, and AJ Styles leaves. Like I said, there was blood coming out of the nose, and then it was like right around the face. It was just ugly looking. And Loki, you know, he's celebrating. So as he gets right to the back, there waiting is Xavier. 
Xavier is waiting for Loki. So he talks to, to Loki. At first, you can't quite hear what Xavier says. But then he speaks up and he says, I hope you're a man of your word. You'll put the title on the line against me September 21st in Philadelphia. To which Loki says, I am a man of my word. You will get your title shot. And the only thing you can do is be ready. Then when Loki leaves and he opens and he walks down, Xavier says, be prepared for the all-around best. So then, um, Michael Shane cuts a promo. And this is a good, a good promo. He talks about how he likes it when people have to shake his hand after a match. That's why he didn't join the Prophecy. He says, I wasn't a part of the Texas Wrestling Academy I was a part of the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. I have Shawn Michaels' blood running in my veins. And that's to Rudy Boy. And then he talks about Spanky and how from day one, those two never got along. And it says how he is pissed off that Spanky declares himself as the new showstopper. And this is just a real good promo by Michael Shane. And you... Just from watching it, it's like, you know, this this guy's got something going. He really does. And then we go to Dun and Marcos. Yep. Because they're going to cut a promo. But then all of a sudden, here come the Carnage crew, and they're attacking the Hit Squad. The Hit Squad are out there, and they hit the Carnage, or they hit the Hit Squad with the hubcaps, and they knock them down. So the camera's away from Dun and Marcos. And they're, you know, focused in on that. And then it goes back to Dun & Marcos. They cut their quick promo. Then it goes back to Logan DeVito. And then it goes back to Dun & Marcos. And that is Honor Invades Boston. What did I think of this show? Okay. I, I do have problems with this show. First off, 14 matches... For your sixth show is way too much. The seven or eight or nine that they had been doing in the past, I'm fine with that. The tournament, I was fine with that. Here, it just seems like some of these matches were just not necessary to be on the DVD. And I'm not bashing any other wrestlers. Trust me, I'm not bashing. But when you have... 14 matches on a show. Your first time in a new market. And this is just my thought. I'm not saying that I know what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. But I just figure, you know, first time in the Boston area, you want to give them a good card, a good show. Which I'm sure, you know, on paper they did. But 14 matches. Two of them are impromptu. One of them makes sense because it has to end a feud. The other is just a complete squash. You have one, two other matches that probably shouldn't need or didn't need to be on this DVD. You had too many short matches. Uh, but in the end, I think the good outweighs the bad because 
between... Because you have good matches on here. Michael Shannon, Paul London's a good match. American Dragon and Donovan Morgan's a good match. The Battle of the Briscoes is a good match. The, the Ring of Honor title match is a good match. So I think at the end, the good outweighs the bad in this one. And I this is this is a good show. It's not one of those, hey, this is the show of the year. I'm not saying, oh, this is probably the match of the year for 2002. I mean, they did a good job here in developing many feuds here. Michael Shane and Paul London, they did a good job developing that. They did a very good job developing the Briscoe rivalry. Um, they did a good job with Dragon and Morgan because that does tie into Christopher Daniels and it ties into the prophecy. Um, the Carnage crew against the Head Squad and the Natural Born Sinners, if you think about it, that you know that ties in very well, and you start to slowly get the beginnings of the feud between Special K and the SAT and Divine Storm. So as far as furthering stories go, this is a show that I would recommend. But if you're someone that you know might not have that long of attention span this one might not be for you. But overall, in the end, I thought it was a good show. Best match of the show, I gotta go low-key and AJ Styles. Like I said, it wasn't as good as the first one. I mean, how could they top the first one? But it's still a very good match to watch. Um, and a good first title defense for low-key as champion. If I had to pick a worse match, it has to be Chris Devine and Low-Key. So this may be a first. I'm picking one guy to be in the best match and the worst match, but the worst match is not Low-Key's fault. It's not Chris Devine's fault. It's just the way it was set up was just very weird. It really was. That's the best way I could describe it. So for the next show in September, September the 21st, we know Loki will defend the Ring of Honor title against Xavier. Jay Briscoe will face Amazing Red. And we have our one-night tournament to crown the first-ever Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. So it'll be very interesting to see on the next show what's going to happen in Ring of Honor. Well, if you want to follow Ring of Honor on Twitter, it's real simple. All you got to do, twitter.com backslash ring of honor and don't forget to follow me on twitter twitter.com backslash house of bill i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of review of honor and i'll talk to you guys next time when we go into our september event where it gets a little bit unscripted <laughs>